And welcome back to the Yes Longevity Podcast, where we give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. As you can see from my setup today, I'm going to be demonstrating some exercises for you. But first, I would like to just do a little bit of housekeeping. We are in week five of Fit and 42. People lose the fat, gain muscle. So that's moving along nicely. And we start a metabolism makeover on October 28th. If you feel like you're sluggish, you have no uh, energy, you feel like you don't burn any calories, you want to lose some fat, feel fit, feel better about yourself, metabolism makeover is right for you. We have a kickoff on Monday. This coming Monday, the 21st at 6 p.m. right here at Yes Fitness. If for some reason you can't make it on the 21st, get a hold of us and we will schedule something individual with you so you can know and understand what the program is before you make the commitment. That is what the kickoff seminar is about. It's about understanding and knowing what the program is all about. Not You're not signed up for it at that point in time. It's an informational thing for you so you know what you're getting involved in. You know what kind of results you can look for from the program. So, and what the commitment is from the program. So, if you're looking to do that, give us a call at 860-673-4293. Message us on Facebook. Swing by, and we'll get you all set up. Again, it starts October 28th, um, and our kickoff seminar is on the 21st. So, give us a shout out, please. You won't be disappointed, I'm sure. So. The reason why I'm going to go through today's um, exercise with you is oftentimes when I go into other facilities, when I travel, I might go into some facilities, or I have a new client come on board and the word warm-up always comes up, and they wonder why we do what we do uh, just to warm up. We do 12 exercises, we go through very specific things in a semi-private setting, all those exercises are determined specifically for that client. I'll talk about that again a little bit more. But warm-up needs to be more than just jumping on a machine and getting some blood flowing to the muscles and warming the muscles up. Not to say that a warm-up should not do that, but a warm-up needs to do much more than that. What is the purpose of the warm-up? The warm-up, the real purpose of the warm-up is to do one thing. Make sure that you Actually, there's a couple of things. Make sure that you're safe in your exercise program. Make sure that the body is correctly prepared for your exercise program to be able to move correctly. If you warm up correctly, it's going to help you to perform better. You'll have better performance, and ultimately, you'll get better results, whatever those results might be. If it's for fat loss, it's going to help you with fat loss. If it's so that you can move better outside of the, the uh, studio, it'll help you move better. For, if you want to be able to lift more weight, a correct warm-up is going to help you perform better. So the purpose of warm-up is to make sure that you can get the most out of your workout session with the least amount of risk for injury and the best possible results from that particular program. So why do we need to do more than just jump on a machine, which we've done for decades now, get some blood flowing, and then jump off and start exercising? 
or sometimes I'll see some people do some twisting motions, which we already know is not good for the back. Uh, they might do some toe touches, a couple of stretches, and then they hop off and start to do some exercise. Or maybe they just jump right on machines and go. They don't do anything at all. That is not preparing the body correctly for your workout, whatever that workout might be, whether it's a cardiovascular workout or a strength workout, or even in some cases, a flexibility or strength workout. It's not preparing your body correctly for those things. Our warm-up, we use the acronym RAMP, range of motion, muscle activation, and movement prep. So those are the three things that we try to perform in our warm-up. We want to make sure that we're trying to increase our range of motion in the right joints. We want to make sure we're activating the muscles, turning the muscles on so they're ready to work out, so they're ready to go. For those people that lift some weights, they typically see that their second set might be their best set. That's because the first set activated things. So let's activate the muscles, the neurons, to fire correctly when we go do those exercises. And in some cases, people will say our warm-up looks like our workout, and our workout looks like our warm-up because we do try to activate or turn those uh, muscle fibers on, those motor neurons on. And finally, we want to do some movement prep. We want to try to match those movements and get some blood flowing and prepare the body for exercise. So a lot of different things go into a correct warm-up, not just a couple of stretches of the hamstring or you know, a few twists or deep breaths or, or something like that. Certainly more than just jumping on a machine and walking on a treadmill and getting some blood flowing. Our ramp, our warm-up, is tries to address different things um, to make sure that we're getting the most out of it, the best bang for our buck, so we get the best results and the safest workouts possible. In our semi-private setting, it'll be based strictly upon the person's goals, um, the health screening, so we gotta make sure that um, they don't have a bad back, a bad knee, shoulder problems, any kind of contraindications to exercise. Ramp is based upon that. And it is based upon the functional movement screen. What is a functional movement screen? Well, the functional movement screen is seven screens that show us how the body moves well or doesn't move well. And we use that information to come up with our warm-up. Not even just the workout. The warm-up is very specific to that person's uh, goals and abilities. In our group exercise, we try to address the major areas and major problems most people have in a functional movement screen, along with being sure and safe with all the other movement patterns of the body. So that's what goes into deciding what we do in our warm-up, in our RAM program. So I'm going to go through all the different things that we do, and I'm going to give you a couple demonstrations of, of the exercises that we use. You're welcome to use them. I'm not saying they're correct for you, but if you're not doing anything at all for a warm-up now, other than just jumping on a machine or some stretches, you may want to use these things. Always consult the physician before you do something. And if you feel any kind of pain or discomfort, stop doing those exercises for sure. So the first thing we do is some myofascial release. Use a foam roller. I'm not going to go through all the foam rolling exercises. We've done that in previous videos. Uh, you can find a lot of stuff of that on the internet. But we'll use a foam roller. Sometimes we'll use a stick. 
we'll use uh, lacrosse ball, and we actually use um, looks like a dryer ball with a lot of little prickly things to roll the bottom of our feet. We roll the bottom of our feet because those nerves innervate with the lumbar spine and the pelvis region, and it just helps eliminate the risk for back injuries and back discomfort. So we do some myofascial release. We try to do that throughout the body. What does that do? Why would we take the time to do that? Because I see often in the gym, when I go to other gyms, people just jump in and get going and do any kind of myofascial release. If you think of your muscles as a shoelace, there's a knot in that shoelace, and you go to stretch each end of that shoelace, the knot gets tighter. So if you've got knots in your muscles and you go to stretch it and move it, that knot gets tighter. As that knot gets tighter, you no longer perform as well, and down the road, you're most likely going to have some type of injury. So myofascial release, some kind of foam rolling is very important in your workout. You start off all workouts with that. doesn't matter what we're doing, myofascial release we start off with. And then we get into our breathing and our reset. We do breathing for the main purpose of allowing the body to move better. It's going to perform better. And it's just the facts. What does it activates the parasympathetic nervous system and relaxes the body. So the first exercise I'm going to demonstrate, and I'm going to try to I'll move back a little bit to make sure you can see my whole body. I'll try to make sure I talk loud enough so you can hear what I'm doing. Um, is our tall kneel breathing drill. Our tall kneeling breathing drill. This is how we teach it to our first-time exercisers. So you're welcome to use this. Tall knee, kneeling means we're down on two knees. Our toes are tucked under and dug, in, dug into the ground. We're going to take our hands right underneath our ribs and feel our abdominal cavity. Our abdominal cavity is just this big set of muscles that go all around the body. All those different muscles, transverse abs, internal obliques, external obliques. But we're going to have our fingers right on out. We're going to squeeze a little bit. And as we inhale, we're going to make sure our shoulders don't go up. And we're going to feel that muscle push right into our hands. Then we're going to exhale. If we actually use our fingers to push those muscles back together. Inhale. Nice long exhales and inhales. That just relaxes the whole body internally. You may not even realize it, but you will move better because of that activity. We do that activity during some exercise as well, but always at the beginning of our workouts, no matter what it is, we do some diaphragmatic breathing. Then we do do these exercises in a particular order for certain reasons. Um, in some cases, we want to do what we call create some mobility before we create some stability. We want to make sure that the body's moving correctly before we try to stabilize it with that where it's at. So there is a particular reason why we go anywhere that we go. So if you do decide to follow this uh, warm-up today, you want to try to do it in the same order that I'm doing. So the first exercise exercise we're going to do, we're going to do a hip flexor stretch or activation exercise. So we're going to do a basic hip flexor stretch with a single arm reach. 
So we're going to be in a half kneel position. So we have one knee down. Our back toe is tucked under, dug into the ground. Feet are in line with the hips. We're going to take a nice deep breath in and exhale and reach forward and towards the ceiling as we do this. We want to make sure that our right butt cheek is nice and tight. So we get some stretch in the front of the thigh. Those hip flexors, nice and easy. You might want to do that six or eight times and then switch legs. Why is that important? Well, we sit all day long, we're sitting in our cars. We really need to stretch these, these muscles. Very important exercise to do at the beginning of the workout program. Then we move on to what we call a hip stability exercise in the sagittal plane. So sagittal plane, if we were to cut the body in half, this would be the sagittal plane. We cut the body in this direction, it's a frontal plane. Doesn't matter the plane, but anyway, we're gonna do what we call a hip stability exercise in the sagittal plane. Because we wanna make sure we hit the body in all different ways. The exercise I'm going to do is what we call a USB marching hip bridge, or an ultimate sandbag marching hip bridge. If you don't have a sandbag, that's okay. Just grip the ground with your hands to activate that core. The sandbag will allow us to activate, turn on muscles from the shoulder all the way down through our core into the back of our legs. So it looks like this. Take our sandbag. Knees are bent. 90 degrees. Sandbag is pulled apart and over the belly. Not up high because we don't want the shoulders to be up. We want to get those shoulders down and activated. We'll drive our heels into the ground. And as I go to lift my right foot, I'm going to push into the ground my left foot. And I lift my left foot, I'm going to push into the right. And just little tiny marches while pulling that bag apart. You want to make sure the body is in sag or twist. Be as motionless as you can as you go through little marches six or eight times. So we've done a hip stability exercise in the sagittal plane. Now we're going to do something we call multiplanar, meaning it's going to go through all the different planes of motion. So if you think about the elbow just moves in one plane, right, one direction, but the shoulder goes all different ways, multiplanar. So we're going to work the hip in a sagittal plane, pardon me, in a multiplanar, and we're going to do what we call sideline clamshells. Sideline clamshells are a great exercise. Turns on the glute medius. So we're going to lie down all the way down here like this. We don't want to be up on our neck. That's not great for the cervical spine. We're lying down. Maybe it'll create a little tension. Actually put your hand on your hips as if you're laying up against the wall. Nothing's going to move except you're going to open that leg up. And then back down, up, back down. We'll make sure you're not doing any of this. This part of the body doesn't move, just opening it up. And you can actually feel those muscles working with your hand as it's fanned out onto your buttocks. Do six or eight of those on each side. People come back to physical therapy all the time with hip issues. That's one of the exercises they do. So it's something that you want to think about doing all the time. Now we work to the upper body a little bit. We're going to go through a thoracic spine mobility exercise. So if we take a look at how the spine works, the lumbar spine, the lower portion of your spine, is only designed to twist a total of 13 degrees. Those five vertebrae only twist two or three degrees, a little bit. But the thoracic spine, those vertebrae above 
the, the lumbar spine and below the cervical spine, those are designed to move. They're designed to twist. So we want to try to make sure we're getting that twist. And because we sit all day long, we're on our phones, we're on our computers, our posture's poor, and that thoracic spine just gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And eventually, going to cause injury to the shoulder, maybe the low back, the neck, all different things. So here is one of our go-to thoracic spine mobility exercises. I'm going to use a foam roller again. It's a sideline diagonal reach. So I'm going to lie on my side again. I'm going to be laying all the way down. I'm going to make sure that my knee is at least the height of the hip or higher. You don't want to be down here like this. Because when your knee is the height of the hip or higher, meaning up higher this direction, to flexion, it locks in that lumbar spine and makes sure that it does not rotate. I'm going to relax my head down. I'm going to exhale because we're going to try to create more mobility. And like I said in the beginning, we use that diaphragmatic breathing and breathing methods to help us move better and further. So I'm going to exhale. Make sure I keep my knee on the foam roller. And I'm going to reach on a diagonal and reach to the ceiling. Finding you want it's going to feel good. Most people love that particular exercise. I know I enjoy it real well. I separated my shoulder way back in my early 20s, and I don't have the thoracic mobility I'd like to have, so I often do that drill, especially a little bit more on my left side than my right, because my left side is a side that does not perform as well. But you will love that exercise. And for you golfers out there who want to get a little more rotation in the thoracic spine, you get a lot of bang for your buck out of that. From there, we're going to go on to an ankle mobility drill. So the ankle joint, the hip joint, and the thoracic spine are all supposed to be very mobile. The knees, the lumbar spine, they're not supposed to have a lot of mobility. So we want to make sure the muscles, the joints that are supposed to have mobility have mobility. So we're going to do a half kneel ankle mobility exercise. Let me get my pad. Let me come this way here. Half kneel position. I'm going to take this foam roller. Let me go like this. I'm going to go straight on. Foam roller is straight on. My toes right behind this foam roller. I'm going to keep my heel on the ground and I'm going to push my knee to the outside. Notice I come to the outside while keeping my heel on the ground. I can't see my heel, but trust me, I'm keeping my heel on the ground. What we're trying to do is we're trying to get that ankle joint to move correctly. We're trying to get the talus bone to move the way it's supposed to move. If the ankle's moving better, you're going to walk better, you're going to have more stability, you're going to go up and down stairs better, you're going to squat better, you're going to lunge better. Everything gets better when that ankle mobility is where it should be. And that toe, if we were doing this standing, can go as much as four inches past your, pardon me, the knee can go as much as four inches past your toe. So that's how much you really should be pushing that. It's not a stretch. You're not going to feel it in your calf. People always say, oh, I don't feel this anywhere. You're not going to feel it anywhere. It's just to get that joint to move correctly. So work on that. Extremely important. Ankle mobility. Can reduce the risk of knee injury as well. So two exercises ago, we did some thoracic scapular mobility. Now we're going to do some stability. So now we got some movement. We want to keep it the way we want it to keep it. So we do some stability. So we're going to do something that we call... A forearm floor slide, 
and you're going to think about the ground being sandpaper and it's trying to just take off the hairs on the back of your arm. So you'll lie down. Let's see if we can see this okay here. Knees are bent, low back is pressing down. Notice I have a little space here, right? Because I don't get it all the way down here like I should. I'm going to exhale. Slide our arms up as far as we can. Inhale. Back down. Exhale. Inhale. Again, exhale. Try to make sure that you don't arch your back. Get those ribs popping up in here. You'll notice if you're down on the ground, I and mean, maybe your elbows might not even touch the ground. That means you need to get that chest opened up. You need to improve your thoracic rotation. That exercise we did before with that sideline diagonal reach. Work on that. Very, very important to help prevent shoulder injuries. Okay? It'll help you breathe better. It'll help you move better. It'll help you do it's just everything better if you do that stuff a little bit better. So from there, we move on to some patterning, okay? So we're moving better because we've got the joints to move better. Now we're going to do some patterning, meaning we're going to do some exercises that look like the same exercise that we're going to do in the workout that will make us move better. So with this, we're going to do a squat pattern, a mobility exercise. It's what we call toe-touch squat to stretch. So feet are about shoulder width apart, nice and straight. We're going to go down, exhale, come down and grab your toes. Pull up on your toes as you squat down. Keep those toes nice and straight. I'm going to squat down, have a nice proud chest. I like to push my knees out a little bit to work on my hip mobility. Hold on. Exhale. Come down. We do that six or eight times. Think about pressing those heels into the ground. Keep those feet nice and straight. Get a little push. Get that whole lower body movement a little bit better. So that is going to help us squat better. Notice it looks like a squat, right? From there, we want to continue with our patterning. We're going to do a hip hinge pattern, okay? Because we may be doing some hip hinging or some deadlifts in our workouts. We squat, right? We're going to hip hinge. One we like to use, what we call the toes elevated prisoner hip hinge. So I'm going to use this little green pad to elevate our toes. Fingertips behind your ears like you're a prisoner. That's going to allow us to have a nice, proud chest. Knees are soft. And exhale, push those hips back. So by staying with our elbows up here, we're not getting any rounding in the back. So we know when we deadlift, or when we hip pinch, we want to make sure that we don't have any flexion of the spine. So you notice I said before, we're going to turn the muscles on neurally. We're going to do some movement patterns. Patterning it is just going to be just like what we do in our workout. So when we get there, we don't have to wait for our second set to have our best set. We're ready to go right out of the gate. Better performance. We're going to do some hip separation exercise or single leg stance because we know that the lower body moves four ways. Lunge, squat, hip hinge, single leg stance. We're going to pattern all those things. So now we're going to do our single leg stance pattern. So what we're going to do is um, just an in-place knee hug. So we're going to be up nice and tall. Some hip separation. Pull that knee up. Toe up. Stay nice and tall. You may alternate to the other side. Put a little balance drill. Find a focal point to look at. Grip the ground with the foot, with that support leg. 
Hold up. That's a simple hip separation drill. Works on balance as well. From there, we have one last patterning we want to do. It's what we call some patterning in the sagittal plane or sagittal plane lunge or split squat. So we might just do a basic split squat. Let's use a green pad here. Define a range of motion. Nice long stride. Put our hands on our hips. We're driving into the ground. And then come on back up. So that's some patterning in the sagittal plane. And we're going to do some patterning in the frontal plane. Or we could do some in the transverse plane, but rotation. But right now, we should do a little, just a lateral lunge, both feet nice and straight. Let me sneak up this way a little bit. Feet straight, trail legs stay straight. In case we do some sagittal plane lunge work. So it's a simple lateral lunge. From there, believe it or not, we would already have our heart rate up a little bit. We'd be warming up the body, warming up neurally, get that heart rate up just a little bit more, get a little bit more blood flow. You might do a little bit of jog back and forth in the room. You might do some power skips. You might do some things like that, some karaoke, anything like that, just again, to get that heart rate up a little bit more, get a little bit more blood flowing. We've already walked waking the body up. Nice full range of motion work. We've got some movement work in with our um, our exercises that address the functional movement screen, and we have some prep work with our patterning. So that's what goes into our warm-up, all that stuff. So between foam rolling, breathing, and 12 to 14 exercises, that's 15 minutes. That's a long time. Yeah, oh my God, I can't stay in the gym another, another 15 more minutes. But you'll want to do this, because not only will it help you move better, and get better results in your workout, but you're going to move better outside of the coaching center. You're going to move better just through your daily living because of those things that we do in our warm-up, things that we do in our ramp that allow us to move better, that allow the ankle, the hips, and the shoulders, and the thoracic spine to move all better, to allow those joints like the knees and the lumbar spine to be able to be stabilized the way they're supposed to stabilize Neurally, things will just move better, and you'll find you're going to get better results. You'll find that you'll work out better, you'll enjoy your workout more, and you're going to get better results. And it's going to reduce your risk for injury. Nobody wants to get injured, right? It's one of the keys to sports. Doesn't matter how good you are if you're on the bench. Again, you're not getting any results from the gym or from the coaching center. If you're not here to do it, so you need always to reduce the risk range, and that's what a proper warm up ball does. So, take these things, try them out. If you have any questions, maybe you don't understand something, maybe you want me to check out your form, shoot me an email, send me a text, Facebook message, call me, stop by, whatever it is. I want to make sure that you're doing it correctly. Uh, I don't want anybody to get hurt, and I want everybody to get better results out of it. So you look, can look for more tips from us, more insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better from us down here at Yes Fitness next Tuesday at 3.30. And I appreciate you taking the time to watch. Thank you, and have a great warm-up.